0: Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey guys, I told you that there would be an extra piece of content coming out. Today, so I'm so excited to present to you an interview I did with Eleni Constantino. She is a friend that I found on Instagram who also has a lot of amazing insight to share on bulimia. She's gone through it and today it's just an organic conversation between us and she shares how she recovered from bulimia and her own stories. I hope that you enjoy listening to this and I also hope that this interview can give you insight on someone else's story other than just mine. I think it's important that the more people talk about it, the better. And also before you listen to this, I want you to know that this interview is actually on my YouTube channel as well and on my Instagram. So if you want to watch the interview and watch us talking together, you can also do that there instead of listening to it here. But obviously you can listen to it here too. So anyway, I don't want to delay this anymore. I want you guys to enjoy the interview. So here you go.
1: Alright, hello everyone. We're here with Eleni Eleni Constantino. And I say that slowly because I was mispronouncing her name earlier. So bear with me, guys. But this is a wonderful woman that I met on Instagram. And uh, she has an amazing page about bulimia recovery. She struggled with herself. And now she is a food freedom coach to strengthen your recovery and help you overcome your eating disorder. So I thought. I thought having her on would be an amazing opportunity to share a different perspective since you guys may be sick of hearing me talk each week. And um, I think that she has a great story to share. So um, I'm going to have you speak. I wanted to ask you a little bit about your story first. Like, what's your background with bulimia? If you can share that with us, that would be awesome.
2: Yeah, sure. So um, I became bulimic when I was 18. Um, I basically went through a hard time with my parents divorcing. Um, Some people might not understand that, but for me, I came from like a perfect family where, you know, mummy and daddy loved each other loads and I kind of idolised that. And then at 18, to find that their relationship was crumbling and really fortunately, up until I was 18, I never really had any real big problems. So to me, that was massive. So dealing with that, my way of dealing with it was to purge. And it took me about three months to realise I had an eating disorder. Um, and when I realised, because sometimes you might think, like, how do you even recognise that you have it? it? I just noticed that it wasn't normal to be sick like three times a day. It wasn't normal the thoughts I was having about food because I never had them before. Um, and I just remember Googling one day, you know, why am I being sick and what are the symptoms of purging and stuff and then bulimia came up and then when I looked you know at all the symptoms I literally ticked every box um so that's when I noticed that I I actually do have an eating disorder and I do think that's the first step to recovery is acknowledging you know that what you're doing isn't normal and kind of facing up to it and and saying that I don't want this anymore um so that's how you know my bulimia started and that's how I how did you um because yeah i think what you said
1: about like acknowledging it that's a huge thing people will contact me and they're like i'm still struggling to even accept it um and that's what for me when i was recovering i really had to want the change and i had to accept that like this was not for me anymore how did you go about doing that was it was it like just you
2: couldn't take it anymore or what it was that like the, the fact that it isn't normal, you know, what I'm doing, it was, it was like, is this me? Is this really what I'm doing? Because my whole life I'd never really had issues with food. I would eat what I wanted when I wanted. I wasn't always healthy. I, I, you know, I would just eat what my mom cooked for me or whatever I fancied if I was out with friends. When we went to a restaurant, it was an issue. Just order what you like. You know, I would, I would never think calories. I'd never be afraid of carbs. I just never gave it any thought other than what do I want to eat so when that became a problem when going out for dinner became a problem when I had anxiety about it when eating a banana I'll never forget eating a banana because it wasn't planned I, I was just i to eat a banana I was like what have I done ran to the toilet and tried to puke it out and then sometimes you find that you can't actually get it out because you're not there's not enough food in there so then you eat more and it, then, then just to get all of that out, and it, it was just I couldn't live life like that. I was literally spend a day just being sick, eating and being, sick. and, and it was like this is a problem. It, I need to solve it, but it was the re, like it took me nine years to recover. And the reason why I think it took me so long is because a I didn't come to peace with the problem, and I think b I didn't know how to find another way of dealing with the with my stresses and stuff. That was all I knew. So breaking that habit was really hard. And there are my two reasons really. And I think coming to peace with what caused it is a big thing for people. And yeah, I think both of them actually,
1: work
2: on. Um, With coming
1: to peace with things, like I think, it's interesting. I think I have a little bit different of a philosophy with you, but I, I agree that to come to peace with things, you need to like just accept it. and you need to stop arguing with reality, right? So for you, it was a divorce with your parents.
2: Exactly yeah. that, because I haven't spoke to my dad about it. I I was the one that was trying to like keep everyone together. I'm a, I'm like a, a pleaser. I'm a peacemaker. My sister's very like if you make her unhappy she's telling you about it, she doesn't care the consequence, she's very like that. So we're quite opposite like that. So where her and my dad were like clash, I'm there trying to put the pieces together and there came a point where I was trying to help them and then it didn't work and then I got the backlash of it from my dad and from that day I was like, I cannot do this anymore, I have to let this go. And by doing that unfortunately I had to let my dad go And and some people might judge me from that. But when you do that with someone and they don't – your own father doesn't try to get you back as their daughter, then you just think my decision there was the right one. And it, it was a big part of my recovery. And he pushed me – like, that wasn't just that. There was loads of other little things that he'd done. But that alone was like, do you know what, I can't do this anymore. You are bringing me so far down that I – I'm important, you know, and I had to make that decision. So I never actually got to talk to him about it. He doesn't know that I'm been a He not know the struggles I went through. Um, I never got to talk about our relationship or the relationship with family or anything like that. But I just came at peace with reality, like you said. I yeah. was like, you know what? I, I just need to move on. I, I need to focus on me and make me a better person. And then my way of correcting that part of my life is, like, for my future kids when I have children, that, you know, I'll, do my best to make sure that you know as a family we're very honest with each other and we don't let our children think that you know life is what you know like we're just honest and real and you know I don't know
1: yeah no it's dangerous game like I think a lot of parents want to protect their kids from things to the degree that they they shelter them a bit too much and then kids think everything's perfect or that you or they think that I kind of grew up in a household and this is no this to my parents um where sometimes we just didn't talk about things and I know they did their best I know they they tried but yeah um that's not it's much better just to be honest and real it might be uncomfortable but that's what you're gonna do and it's funny um that's well, not really funny someone I got a very long email this morning actually and uh, I had just talked in a recent episode about accepting reality and also telling someone like trying to tell someone your life is supportive and I said like generally people are going to be supportive or if they're not just kind of accepting it and letting it go and this person told me that she had told her long-term husband or boyfriend I'm not sure about her eating disorder and they had a really unhealthy relationship to begin with and he held it against her like Uh complete opposite so I think your lesson is kind of really important for people to hear because it's like you cannot change people and you just like whatever
2: they're going to do you have to just let it go and accept it so I think that's wonderful it is because if I'm honest being able to do that it made me be stronger in the sense where anyone in life they are treating me a certain way that and I'm not just saying they might upset me I'm, I'm someone who I'll go to and I'll tell you and I'm very open as a friend But if I've had a friend basically once that I felt like it's just too much I carry the evil eye with me it's um an orthodox belief if you like where there's two parts of like jealousy there's like jealousy and envy so uh, jealousy where if someone say sees my hair and they're like oh wow I love your hair but inside their head they're thinking I don't know if we can say but they're, they're like cussing me down and being like oh why she got hair like that and I don't you know oh. but then you've got the good envy where it's like someone will say I love your hair but inside they think she's so lucky like how pretty is she with that hair you know there's like two ways. Mm-hmm. so the evil eye in my belief kind of blocks off the bad energy and it keeps that bad energy away from me so I had this friend around me that I literally felt like I had to have the evil eye on because it was just this jealousy about her we had similar upbringings and um I could just feel that because I was more free from my family where she wasn't I just felt that energy so I basically had to cut that off and it caused other consequences but that relationship with my dad being able to cut that off and going do you know what I'm better than this I, I deserve more that self-love right there has allowed me in my life so far do that with other people you know I've been if I feel this isn't correct and we are better off separate I found it easier to do that because I'm like if I can do it with my own flesh and blood then why would I not do it with you you know
1: right and I think part of that came from you like you have a level of respect for yourself now and I think that's where a lot of people in Recovery, or when they're struggling with bulimia or eating disorders, is they don't have a lot of love for themselves, and
2: exactly they then, don't. Yeah, they don't feel deserving, and and that they should.
1: Right. Can I ask how you came to that self-love kind of state? Because I'm sure at some
2: point you weren't there. Like, is there any specific things that you did to get there? Yeah, I mean, you're right. I like I look at back at photos now. And I'll remember exactly how I felt and I'll remember, like, how horrible I felt about myself, how like, low self-confidence I had and things like that. And I was always conscious about my body image and, you know, how I felt fat. And i would compare myself to, say, a slimmer friend. And I would still think, you know, a friend that was, like, maybe the same size or a bit bigger, and I would still think that I was bigger. Like, I literally had body dysmorphia badly. and. Um, yeah, so the way I came over it, it wasn't just, it was like over a whole journey. So um, I, it was about when I was 24, so I became a at 18. About when I was 24, when I graduated from university, I moved to Manchester and I joined a gym there and I just had this whole, no one knows me. So I can go to the gym and I can make a mistake and no one's going to judge me. It's okay because no one knows me. So I don't know why that was an issue because now I don't care know where I live, I live where I was grew up, but I don't really care what people think like that. I'll just do my thing. Um but in Manchester, so in the beginning of the journey, I joined a gym and I st- just started classes because I didn't know what to do. Started classes and built up my confidence that way and you know made a few friends here and there. And then I started looking two at, at different exercises you could do. So then I took it into the gym on my own and I started um you know doing a bit of cardio, a little bit of weight and then I saw my strength grow. And I liked that feeling. And then I saw my body change. You know, I was losing weight. I was turning up. And I liked that too. And I started to enjoy the fact that, hold on a minute, I am in control. I'm in control of shaping my body. You know, I people with eating disorders, they'll be afraid of carbs or they'll be afraid of eating chocolate cake, but they can't understand moderation and they can't understand that if you have cake it's okay you're not going to get fat but yes if you have a whole binge on cake consecutively yeah you're going to put on weight you know it's it's about understanding it but it's also about being ready to understand it as well um so then after I got into like the gym a bit more I then looked into food prepping so I started to you know look at my height in comparison to my weight in comparison to my activity level and my age and all of that and then it gave me what like my diet macro should be, so from that, I then went into meal prepping. I didn't always stick to it. I'd sometimes pick you in there, obviously, I'd still go out for dinner and it'd be too much and I'd purge. I'd have my meal planned, but then i'd get I'd get stressed and I'd purge I'm not saying I was fine then, I'm just saying that helped me understand food a bit more and be okay, you know if I've planned. The next couple of days I know I'm going to be okay it was like that kind of eased me into it and then from there people started noticing the changes and they started saying why don't you think you're going to bodybuilding and I used to put it off for about a year I was like no no, no that's not me me on a stage in a bikini are you great like no and I, I used to always put it off and then after a while I thought I'm going to look into it. So I went to um, the Body Power Expo in Birmingham, which is a huge bodybuilding exhibition. And I got talking to people there. Then I started looking for a coach. Then I continued with the gym, you know, built up my um, my strength. And it was, everyone was like, you basically understand food and you're okay with you know, being strict. You You're okay with spending a lot of time in the gym. Why wouldn't you take it to the next step? So I just thought, okay, let's let's give this a shot. And um bodybuilding, it kind of helped me where I had someone telling me what to eat, but it was okay. you know she said eat you know one, two, three to five and I stuck to it. Now, during my bodybuilding I she didn't know this. I didn't want to get judged by her as no one knew no one other than really close to me knew. I was bulimic and at the time I should have told her but I was too afraid that I would be judged I was too afraid that she wouldn't want to coach me she would say no this isn't healthy you're not getting on stage so I didn't tell her and um, throughout my competitions I was bulimic Um, I just wasn't as bad it would be like once a week or if she gave me a cheat meal I would eat it then feel guilty and then purge or whatever but that really helped me and then and got to a point where I just got sick of being sick, you know, like I started, like my stress would be going to the gym, you know, so if I got stressed out, I'd go to the gym and now I feel good about myself. And yeah, so it, I think it was just a combination of things. It was like so many years on, I was just sick of it, and I had to change like my career. So I'm very in the at the moment and I had to move away from end hotels and being around food and beverage and restaurants and be more office based. That is not me. I'm very a people person, and um, yeah. So I, it was kind of you know, and it's like my whole life has revolved around this. I have to change it. I can't. And I always used to say as well, like I, I wouldn't ever want to have children until I've sorted this out. I just I wouldn't want to be sick while I'm pregnant. I wouldn't. I just wouldn't want anything like that to happen. So um, yeah, and then it got to the point where I met my partner and I remember when we met and we just we just got talking because he knows I'm into bodybuilding and he's a personal trainer and he was saying like oh I could never be with someone with an eating disorder and I just crumbled I was like how how do I tell him how I can't ever tell him this and then I thought I have to fix it because people pick up on it because as secretive as we are they could pick up on it I don't know the smell in the toilet or the fact that I've just eaten all of that and I haven't put weight I don't know I just thought he's gonna pick up on it so um, when we first met, there was times where I would be sick, and from purging, I would get like scars on my knuckles from forcing my hand down my mouth, that my teeth would scratch it. And I remember he'd be like, "Oh, you grabbed my hand once." He's like, "Did you burn yourself?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." That that's it. And I just couldn't tell him. Or like I'd get you know like blood dots around my eyes, and he would be like, "Oh, what have you eaten? What are you allergic to?" And it, you feel bad because you're thinking I'm lying to someone that I love but I can't tell them because what if they walk away because they said that they couldn't be with someone with an eating disorder so it literally took took about five years into me knowing him where I just got to a point where I thought I'm just I'm just gonna have to tell you because this is me I have to be honest and if you don't like that then you need to go because I this is me but then when I told him he wouldn't accept that that's me it was like no that isn't you that's just and he made me re- he, he did help a lot he made me realize like that is a habit that you need to break like if we're going to work you need to stop it because that's going to get in the way of a relationship you know he was like I can't go to restaurants and you're worrying about what you have eaten. you need to enjoy food and he has this whole different mentality about food where he eat for pleasure and he sees it as yes eat that donut but then go in the gym and exercise it off and turn that into muscle you know he's he's got this whole different way of thinking that it's been so uplifting for me and it's helped me so much with my whole image of food and knowledge on it that him saying that I was just like you know what this is someone that loves me believes in me and just knows that I'm better than this is right and it went from stop being sick for him to then for me so i stopped in like may and then 5 months later we had this massive argument and i was like right i'm going to i'm going to be sick and i get my feelings and i remember standing over that toilet and being like eleni what are you doing like why are you doing this like he doesn't care he's not what well, he, he did care but what i mean is like you're hurting yourself you're not hurting anyone else You've just done this to yourself. And it, it was a whole realisation of what are you doing? This this isn't fun anymore. That you don't, you don't want to do this. And I remember being sick and then he sat down and we spoke about it. And since that day, I just, I mean, I get times where I might overeat, but there is just no chance I'm going to be sick because I've understood now I'm letting myself down and I don't want to feel that guilt, you know?
1: Right. I think it's interesting that he said, too, um, he disagreed, and he was like, that isn't you. You know, it's just something that you're doing, which I think is really important to associate with. Like, people identify with bulimia, and I like that you phrase it as, I was sick, um, instead of... And I don't even, I just phrase it as, like, I used to binge purge. I used to be bulimic, that kind of thing. But, like, you associate it as... I was sick, or this was something that was an external thing, and I think it's really important to associate you are not your disorder. And I even think, well it is an eating disorder, like saying it's a disorder kind of puts all this importance around it, and like now it's just a habit. And it's something that you're doing. And it's not you. And so I love that he was yeah able to say that.
2: Like, did you ever call your eating disorder a, a name? Like, was it ever like an alter ego to you? Like another. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Well, I was when I first kind of was heavily into my eating disorder. I started listening to a lot of books. Um, and one I forget her name, but she has this famous eating disorder book where she she really dramatizes her anorexia and bulimia. And um, yeah, I think she called it a name. And I thought about doing it. I thought I I kind of said it was like the monster within me. But I eventually stopped that. It just didn't suit my personality. I'm not very dramatic person. <laughs> so <and> that's <then laughs> you want it too. But no, I I never really ended up calling it that. I just thought it was me and me alone. And yeah. um, technically it is, but the good thing about that is like it means that you do have control and you can stop it. It's a choice, you know, and people don't like to hear that. And you shouldn't feel guilty because it's a choice. You should just know like, yeah, it's a choice and you can stop. It's just hard.
2: Yeah, so that this is what my partner said. So he was like, you are making a choice. There's a choice when you when you have that argument, that debate in your head, you there's there's that, say if you want to call it your eating disorder, and then there's you, you having that conversation. Then if the second stage is you'll go to eat something, but as you're eating it, you there's a thought process to it you know you're going to grab the biscuit say then you're eating one you're eating two and you know the conscious you is going this is bad you're going to end up being sick. no you really need to stop and then the the other side the eating disorder side is like yeah one more just just eat the whole pack that's what's happened this is what's happening so my partner was like it is a process you know there are stages and you are in control you have to stop at some point before you get to that toilet and even when you get to the toilet to be sick can still go, No, do you know what I'm not gonna do it and that helped me really in the I thought, do you know what, I am in control. I I'm just choosing to let it win and I need to stop it at some point. So there'll be points where i am almost go to be sick and I'm like, No, 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 I can't or there'll be points where like I've I've done it recently, like this past month where I'll be upset about something and I've gone downstairs and I've just picked the thing and I'm sitting and I'm doing it and I'm like, Elena you this isn't good, you're gonna hate yourself for the day, like, you just don't do it, just stop, what are you doing? And I literally put it all away, and I was like, oh, that's so silly, and I'll walk away, because I know, I recognise that I'm eating my feelings, and then when I talk about it, and I say, oh my God, like, am I recovered? Because I still have these thoughts, and then I think, Eleni, you're human, you know, it's easy to get caught up with, I'm, I, I was bulimic, and I still have these thoughts, am I recovered? But it's like, yes, a normal person who's never had an eating disorder, I'm sure they still go to McDonald's, they're queuing up, they're thinking, I really shouldn't be eating this. No, I said I'd start a diet and now I'm, now I'm cheating on the diet. Then they'll buy it, then they'll eat it and they'll feel guilty. Do they have an eating disorder? No, they just tucked into a little guilty pleasure and then they got over it, but they still had that thought process. You no? Know? So there's that whole thing of going, yes, I am recovered, and it's okay that I still have these thoughts and I still I still can emotionally eat. You know, if I'm upset, I'm like a chocolate bar to make me happy in that one moment. And that's okay, you know? I think it's important just to
1: not beat yourself up in the process. And I like that you're like, I went downstairs and I started doing it. And it's like, no, what are you doing? And you said, like, that's silly. And I think that's like the point you want to get to. Because a lot of people, when they make them it's those mistakes, they're like, of course I did this. I'm such a failure. Like, you know, yeah. i never going to end. And it's like, those thoughts aren't useful. Like, stop thinking that and stop choosing to think it. And I still have thoughts on the effect too. Like, um, the other week or something, I was, I just had like the urge to do it like three days in a row. I was like, you could do that right now and it wouldn't matter. You're stressed out. What does it matter? And it's like, and you know how to, how to recover again. It's just like a really strange thought for me. It's like, no it's like a crazy
2: a crazy person and you're like uh no we're not gonna do that yeah yeah, yeah I, I did call mine another name um not many people know about it but I, I did call mine another name I don't know why but she had a name and I was like she is the evil side I don't like her and um yeah, I've I've had people that do know the name, I've had someone once before be nasty and be like, Oh, no, she's gonna come after you and I remember thinking like, Oh my are we really stooping to that level? Uh you know, so yeah, i I gave mine another name.
1: Um, well I think um well you don't have to give it a name. I no, you don't that, have to. that that separates it in a way. I think it can go two ways. I think it can be good if you it makes it let the person know that like this isn't you. This is something else. But then I think it can be dangerous because then people can be like, "This is a part of me I can't control." So yeah. it depends for you. It's like point. it was helpful. Uh, I think it just depends on how you look at it. What was the name?
2: If I can ask? it was Montiel. Mon- Montiel. Yeah, we did. But it's like for me, I-, I hear what you're saying. But for me, because she was a different person, it was like I can control her because she is not me. You know, it like that kind of thought I had
1: yeah no that makes sense it's all about how you look at things and how you should do yeah,
2: it it. yeah perspective is true
1: yeah um well, I was gonna look at my notes real quick I feel like there's something else I wanted to ask you but my notes are all to scribble, so I guess it doesn't matter <laughs> oh um when you so you talk about that you were having trouble with like in your relationships right and and uh, your boyfriend even said like I can never date someone Disorder, you yeah. Your years of kind of, oh, maybe not years, but you're with him and you're like keeping the secret. What was that like for your relationship? And like, how much better did it get
2: after you told him? Well, it was hard because I, I think many people that suffer with an eating disorder they don't talk, which is why I was so shocked when I did start the Instagram. But oh, there's a whole platform here. Like, people do talk about it. Like, that's great. I think that honestly, I think that's amazing. Anyone out there with an eating disorder talking about it and being open, and helping others, great job, you know, I did not realise there was that platform out there, and, and, um, what was the question, because I've gone off track in my head, oh, about my partner, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay yeah. so, um, I would shut off, so if I felt, you know, awful from being sick, I would be like, right, I want to end the day, and I would literally end the day, I would shut my phone off, and I would just go to bed, and I wouldn't talk about it, my mum would feel so, like, so helpless because she would know a from the wrappers in the bin or just from the way that I would shut off and she'd want to talk about it but because she knew I wouldn't it was hard and that's what I did with my partner in the beginning so I would be sick and then I'd close off my phone and then respond in the morning and he'll be like well where did you go what's up and I'd be like oh just I fell asleep but he would he wouldn't get it and he'd be like well why why is she being like this and why is she locking me up and not talking and and so on so then when I finally confessed and I was like listen all the nights that I just closed my phone and didn't talk to you this morning that's why and then it kind of made sense for him because at the time he didn't understand um so I think that's where it got better and when I did first tell him um he was very like I don't know how long it lasted for but it was only a short while but he would text me making sure I'm okay you know I'd go out for food with him and He'd, like I went to the toilet he'd be like is everything okay like you've been been longer than two minutes like you know you'd be very worried and I remember saying to him like I didn't you need to stop this like I'm okay you know I will talk to you when I'm sick if I'm sick and I don't I don't I don't want to be sick anymore like we just had to have that conversation um and then he he just went fine with it it's absolutely fine I mean we'll go out for food sometimes not recently obviously because of lockdown but Ages ago, would go for food, and I would maybe panic a bit if I looked at the menu, and i was like, oh my god! Like, I didn't realise it was all fried food, you know? But he'd be like, it's okay, like take your time, and he's quite patient with me like that. Um, and he understands that I'd like to look at a menu before we go for food, and you know, and he gets it. Like, if we go out for drinks, I'll I'll choose like zero calorie soft drinks and things like that, and I'm quite careful with my cocktails. But that's just because. Not because I'm worried I'm going to be sick after. That should be, that's just because I don't. I personally don't see the point in having coke, then coke zero. Like, why would you drink coke when you can have coke zero? And, right. and I I personally enjoy eating clean and healthy food because I feel so good inside. So, like he might enjoy pizzas twice a week. I I don't. And it's not because if I eat pizza, it's in fear that I will be sick. It's mainly maybe it's in fear that I will get fat. But it's also, I just don't want that inside of me. It's not going to make me feel any better. And when I do eat bad food, it's just genuine because I want to taste that food. You know, a burger does sometimes taste better than chicken breast and rice, you know? So that's that's why I'm quite careful with my food. It's not because I'm afraid of being sick. It's just I feel better when I eat well. Um, I, think so I think that's... that's
1: a, I did. Sorry, my bad. It's okay. No, I think that's a a good point, because a wow. lot of people in recovery, I, again, this might be a bit controversial, but it seems like, I understand some people need to gain weight to be at a healthy, um, healthy range, but people think, well, I think a big fear of people trying to recover is that if they recover, they're gonna gain a bunch of weight, and they're only gonna eat foods that maybe aren't healthy, like, because they just yeah. have no restriction. But I think, and what you've done is, there's a way to have a healthy lifestyle, and not binge and eat and be at a body weight that you desire, as long as it's within a healthy parameter. Obviously, I think that goes without saying that you want to be at a healthy body yeah. weight. Um, but uh, do you, are there any tips for you with like choosing healthy foods and not, and then also enjoying some foods in moderation that you give? Because like my tips are always like start adding in healthy foods and not getting rid of bad foods and so the more and more you add good foods good bad, yeah. bad foods in I know that they're not good at that but you know like the more times you can add some broccoli alongside your pizza then you're yeah. getting some healthy foods without even trying that's what I mean by that
2: yeah you see I think like I put a post on I think the other day or yesterday but it was like allow yourself to eat foods and when you say bad foods I think it's more foods that people are scared of so for me I had like lower control on pizza but I like the peanut butter in the cupboard downstairs was talking to me like no joke and there was like no peace in my head like now I can have peanut butter in the house and I could not open it for three weeks and that won't even cross my mind you know and it only crosses my mind when I realize like wow I've actually come quite far because I didn't think I could ever be normally peanut butter and I see that everyone has that kind of food you know some people might be brownies but might be the same as the peanut butter some people might be crisps whatever it is that's their Bad food, if you like, that they fear because they don't have control over. And I think one part is it's more the mentality side. So it's the way you view that food. So I would see as if I had a bit of peanut butter, I'd be like, that was so naughty. Now I might, if I was bad, I, I might as well be really bad and eat loads and then be sick. Whereas now it's like I have peanut butter and I often wait because it's so deceiving, you know you think 15 grams is like this much, but it's really like this much. Yeah. So I have to wait for that purpose, but it's like I will eat it and I'll enjoy it and there's no pressure around it. So it's like someone who really wants to brown it, they'll put all this pressure around it and then when they finally eat it, they'll feel bad about it and then they'll go feel guilty or they'll hate themselves or they'll purge it or they'll, they'll kind of like punish themselves and not eat for three days. and that doesn't need to be the case that is the unhealthy part not the fact that you ate the brownie the whole mindset around that brownie is what is unhealthy so my tip would be to just change your perspective like say it's okay to eat the brownie you know don't don't skip meal two and three say just for the brownie like you deserve the brownie and if it makes you feel better go for a walk after or do something that will make you feel good like See, as you you know, you deserve. You, I'm not trying to say you have to go for a walk to earn the brownie. I don't believe in all of that either. But I just think people need to be deserving of their food and to enjoy their fullness. You know, some people don't like the idea of being full. I used to feel so uncomfortable I'd feel thin if I was hungry and fat if I was full. And now I don't feel like that. Like when I'm full, I'm content. And when I'm hungry, I'm like, oh my god, like why my like my body needs me to feed it? Like why have I left it so long? That's if I if it works so my tips would be your mindset mainly I
1: mean I think that that is everything it's the root of every single thing in your life and I sound like a broken record of my podcast but I think it's like think about what you're thinking and is it justified like feeling bad about the brownie is it really justified and even if you had like pizza six days in a row and you didn't even like let's say you're eating more than you're expending so like you are gaining a bit of weight like is it really justified to hate yourself for that like there's no like it's irrational people know that for sure but they maybe know it intellectually but they don't actually let it sink in and they don't put it into practice that they shouldn't be doing that
2: yeah i mean like to, to make anyone listening who is recovering from an eating disorder or who has one or it was just realise they've got one or whatever stage of it you're at in your journey. I still, to this day, I actually struggle now to eat enough for my goal of gaining muscle. So I, for two years now, have not had a coach and I've tried to gain my own muscle, but I'm so afraid. I only once put weight on and I got my legs grew. So I put the weight on, I grew my legs and then I, I dropped a bit of weight and I saw the difference in my leg shape but I'm struggling to do that again I just every time I tr- I say right today you're gonna you know you're gonna train your legs and you're gonna eat more. and I, I just don't end up doing it and um I need to be eating at least another thousand calories on top of my diet to to gain my goal but I can't on my own and I've now decided to get a coach and I've I've had to like let it sink in that it's it's okay to gain weight and I'm just gonna have to learn to love my body in a size that is in someone else's control but the reason why I'm getting a coach is because they have more experience they they will tell me when we need to put it back they'll tell me what to eat so I feel like if someone's telling me here's your 3,000 calorie diet they're, I've got their guidance and I I won't it won't get out of control because someone's helping me. My goal, you know, rather than me doing it, and the last thing I want to do is gain weight but not gain the muscle, whereas they'll help me gain the muscle, which in effect gain weight. That makes sense.
1: Right now, that makes sense. So
2: I still need help to this day, almost two years on, from not being sick to help me get my goal, and I think another thing about eating disorders is it's food and you need food to survive and this is what I found quite hard is I used to think you know someone with a drug addiction it's not as easy as this but you take away the drugs and they don't need it to survive although they might feel like it because it's a habit but you don't need it to survive same with alcohol you know but with an eating disorder you need food to, to, to survive but how do you do it when it's a problem you know and it's this one thing that you need to survive but that one thing is still a problem so that is what I used to really 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 struggle with because I used to think if if only this was it's bad to wish it on on myself but I used to think if only this was a different problem they could just take it away from me and maybe I would find it easier to recover from then you know then food and then it's also an alcoholic no matter if they've been off alcohol for 20 years going to a pub still be a challenge because that is just in them and that's another thing with people trying to recover is you know you're like there's this one girl who um she posted something on Instagram I forgot her name but something about when am I gonna feel okay about going to a restaurant you know I still have these thoughts and I thought but you're doing amazing and then thoughts might not ever go. You just have to accept that that is maybe how you think you know you think before you commit a, a food you look at them and you go so, and and that's okay you know it's so hard can't expect to just go how you was before the problem because problem happened, and as a result after you might think more about what you eat that's just because you're you're watching over yourself and you still have to have that kind of control of not letting it get to that dark place. Right.
1: Yeah I mean I think an important I think people are waiting for the moment where it will, it will just get magically better and it's like no those thoughts may just be there for the rest of your life i think that they definitely become less and less frequent 100%. I think that's that's something to look forward to and usually just like with you um the, the thoughts will come in and usually you can dismiss them usually it's not really a big deal at this point whereas when they first you're first trying to cover it was probably a lot harder um, yeah so yeah i think it's it's not wishing those would go away and i also think i like that you admitted like you know I'm getting a coach because I'm seeking help and it's like everyone needs help on something in their life no matter what like I just kind of signed up for a podcast course because I don't know I mean I know what I'm doing Amazing. but at the same time it's nice to have help and um I have a life coach even though I coach people like because I have issues in my life too <laughs> like
2: yeah it, you always need help. Mm-hmm. yeah I think I mean I bet some of the top people have got mentors it, it It can be anything, you know. I, I have a mentor that helps me like with my work. You know, I have, I'm I'm now going to get myself a coach to help me with my goal of growing muscle. And I I think, I think, if anything, I think it's a good thing. It's a good thing for people to have someone to be either accountable to or someone, yeah, accountable to not just for food or anything, but just goals or aspirations that you have in life or someone that can help you with a bit more experience
1: than you have. It's, It's like valuable, you know. Yeah, I mean, looking for guidance, teachers is the reason that we have school. Exactly. So, and, and because of our technical difficulties, it's, it's been like over an hour now, or <laughs> it's going to be about an hour. So I think to leave my listeners with something, is there anything else, any other tips you want to give them or anything you like a must, a must know while you're trying to recover?
2: Um, A must know is, I would say that no matter how many times you fail just can't give up like you you might go I remember going 100 days I had this one thing I tried was um, I had a calendar and I'd mark little sticker stars and the days I wasn't sick as like a little win trophy thing you know, great a little sticker star because I haven't been sick today and I hit 100 days and that was my goal and then once I hit the 100 days shortly after I purged and it was like, why did I say a hundred days? Why did I put that in my head? Because then it was like it was okay to be after. And you know, it's just like, don't, don't give up. You might you're gonna fall a thousand times. It, it's normal. And I think a lot of people might be like, oh, what's the point? This is me, and accept it. And it's like, no, keep going because you're gonna get further if you keep going than if you don't. If you just stop, then. You, you're always going to be there but if you keep going you, you personally you get stronger every single time and I would say it doesn't define you and just just keep working on you like no one else is going to do it for you and you have to protect your circle you have to protect your mindset even if you listen to affirmations every morning you go to the gym and exercise everything in moderation but um I think it you know try and be strong and I would just say don't give up. That's the main thing. I
1: think that's excellent advice and I completely agree. Like the biggest thing that people the reason people fail is because they stop trying. And yeah like there's always I like the the thinking of the map of your goal and the here's the goal, here's you and the how
2: is gonna be really different. Like you're gonna turn, take some wrong turns, fall, go back. But you'll eventually Yeah. 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 You yeah. you would eventually get there. It took me nine years. I tried so many things within the nine years. I went like six months without being sick. Then something happened. And it was like boom, I went to that. But what really proved to me is I'll give you an example from from when I was sick last till now. I I lashed out. I did it to myself. I was trying to buy a house. I find I said to myself before I'm thirty, I'm going to become a manager. And I've got a managerial role. I literally was winging it. I was faking it till I made it. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was trying my best. And then on top of that, I was trying to compete. So I started to like diet to get on the stage. And on top of that, I moved out of my mum's into my partner's mum's house, who lives like a one and a half hour drive away from where I was living, my work. And... All of that stress, the travel, trying to book, you know, viewings on houses, trying to also get to the gym and do an hour training, two hours cardio, trying to buy my food and prep my food, get to work and do a job that was in a restaurant. I went back into restaurants. It was a it was like um, a ridiculous style. So it was like a a salad buffet and continuous service of meats, all of that going on. And I wasn't sick once. If anything, I'll admit I was fired from my job because they felt like I wasn't giving it enough potential. I um I finally bought my house and I pulled out of the competition because I didn't feel like I had enough muscle for the category and it was just too much stress. And I thought I need to focus on what's important, which is my relationship, this house that I want to get and looking for a new job. And I ended up getting a new job in a new restaurant the only restaurant that there is um, of this kind in the city that I live in and i planned the launch and everything and I've just focused on the gym as a more of like a, a hobby and a, a love and a an escape rather than the pressure of getting on a stage and my relationship's perfect to me and I've got my house so I went through so many bumps and I'm just like, wow, I I did a purge through that like go me. And when I think about last year, I'm thinking I did all that to myself. But instead of being sick, I accepted what happened, and and I understand there's another thing coming to peace with it. So my mentor, when I went to him, I was like, oh my god, I got fired. And and he was like, right, let's talk about it. And when we spoke about it, he was like, well, this is where you went wrong, and then this is where they went wrong. And he helped me really see. It. And I came to peace with it. And I was like, okay, I, I get it. If I employed me, I would see. I see why and it if anything it made me be a better person for my new job and all the mistakes I made there, I have I don't repeat them at the new job and I've grown as a person. So and I've met people on Instagram at the moment that have gone through similar difficulties, especially during lockdown where their wedding's been postponed um, or you know, they've had to move out of where they live because they can't afford it and move back in with parents and they've gone back to that eating disorder because For me, I've said to them it's because you you are everything's out of control and the one thing you can control is your eating disorder and that's why you've gone back to it. So I've kind of like taken them back a few steps and then helps them realise and helps them like guided them how to control each part of their life that they feel like they don't have control on, so that they don't go back to their eating disorder and they focus on what they can control out of the situation. Um so for me that's what I, I, that's why I'm like, yeah, I haven't been sick for a year and a half now, but from what I've gone through, that's how I know that I'm stronger, because everything I went through, I didn't deal with it, with the eating disorder, I just took it heads on I spoke about my problems I took advice, and you know, I, being sick wasn't going to help the situation you know, right. I needed to face the situation, so yeah. I think it's also,
1: cause like I mean, people think it's just a clean Journey and it. It's absolutely not. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, nothing's a clean. I think anything you want in life, if you've got a clean road to it, you're very fortunate. No? <laughs> yeah. Like
1: no, nobody does. Like even no. you can someone and think it's all perfect, but it's not. That's just not how life works. Yeah, no, um, it isn't. I think we could talk all day about this, but <laughs> we're wrap right. up. yeah, you're good. You're good. No, it's. I think that you're very personal, and it's awesome to have you on oh, despite all the technical difficulties for those of you guys listening it has been a bumpy road so <laughs> she's a champ so tell us where people can find you
2: so um on, i'm on instagram as the girl who beat bulimia Um my page has been up for two weeks at the moment so give me some love give me a follow message me i'm, I'm happy to hear from anyone i'm happy to support anyone who needs it
0: So that was the interview guys with Eleni. I really hope you guys enjoyed that. Please go show her some love on her Instagram. She posts a lot of inspirational things and it's just a really wonderful, vulnerable, and important page. So I highly recommend you go check out her Instagram and of course if you're checking out her Instagram, check out my Instagram too. Give us both some love and (laughs) follows. We're both new there. And then if you want to work with me, if you want to take these steps further, the best way to recover is to have someone helping you one-on-one along the way. And my coaching includes weekly coaching calls with me. You get 24-7 support from me. I give you a hotline to call and text if you need it in the moment. And then you also get a downloadable program. All of those things are how I coach you to recovery and beyond. So anyway, like I said, I am currently talking over this. I'm at my parents' farm right now. If you want to see pictures of that, you can go to my Instagram. I've been posting some stuff there. It's been really fun. I hope you guys have a happy 4th of July. Or for those that you guys that aren't in America, I hope that you're just having an excellent weekend. I hope you're relaxing right now and appreciating the little things and enjoying life. If you guys like these interviews, let me know. All right. Bye, guys.